Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. We're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find out more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, we hope you enjoy today's program. Chapter 16, the final chapter of Mark's Gospel, presents three tremendous events in the ministry of Jesus Christ. First, it reveals his resurrection, then his ascension for his exaltation, and finally the spreading of his gospel to all the creation. All of these matters are important to genuine believers as they relate to the truth of the divine revelation. But they also should be very real aspects of our experience of the marvelous salvation that we have received. But that leads us to a very important question. How can we experience Christ in the reality of his resurrection? And how can we experience the exalted and ascended Christ? Well, this chapter gives us some very helpful signs from some of the Lord's followers who were living in the reality of Christ in his crucifixion and therefore we're also able to experience him in his resurrection. Bill Lawson has joined us as we uh, are here, Bill, in the final chapter of the Gospel of Mark. That doesn't mean we're at the end of this life study. We're going to go back and sort of review uh, from a little different perspective many of these uh, same points, but uh, at least in this first pass, we've come to the, uh, the concluding word in this Gospel, and it leaves us with some very high elements, doesn't it? It really does, Chris. Of course, in Mark 16, you have a lot of things revealed there. You have his resurrection, you have his ascension, you have the matter of the proclaiming of the gospel to all creation. You have more than just what mainly believers think about is the fact of the Lord resurrected or the fact that he ascended, but we need to look more intrinsically to the things that are a little bit deeper into the experience and the reality of the Lord's resurrection and his ascension. It's one thing to know the doctrine, the Mm -hmm, teaching, mm -hmm. the Lord resurrected, the Lord ascended, but we need to have the experience of the Lord's resurrection and also the experience of his ascension, even the uh, proper gospel preaching. We had a speaking earlier, Bill, related to this sister, Mary, Mary the Magdalene. Mm -hmm. Of course, she's well regarded or well remembered for this um, marvelous event at the in the house in Bethany there, uh, just before the Lord's crucifixion. They're sitting at the table. She comes forth with this uh, this container uh, of precious ointment, and she breaks the container. And this was her prized possession of all of her few earthly possessions. And she pours this out upon the Lord. And the disciples are somewhat indignant, Mm -hmm. uh, some more than others. And then the Lord gave that strong word of commendation, you know, even charging us to memorialize Mm -hmm. this act even when we present the gospel. And the the point that we got to, which I appreciated so much, was that of all of the ones there that had mm-hmm. been with the Lord traveling during these years, three and a half years of his earthly ministry, almost uniquely, Mary really took his word in, and it operated and brought her into 
uh, not just the knowledge of his crucifixion, but mm-hmm. even into a kind of experience, didn't it? And that's right. Uh, Mary the Magdalene, of course, she had a very difficult past, obviously. I mean, if you have seven demons, yeah. and it's not an easy, <laughs> you, you didn't have an easy background. But the Lord had mercy on her, cast out those demons, and probably because of that kind of degree of darkness, she probably treasured the Lord more than others in her salvation experience. And she really sought the Lord in a very experiential way. She was never satisfied with the knowledge and the doctrine of things. She really saw something concerning the Lord's crucifixion. And eventually, of course, we'll get into, you know, in Mark 16 here, she was also there early in the morning of the Lord's resurrection. So in a sense, you could say she was a real seeking one, really seeking uh, after the reality and the experience of all that the Lord had. In the first eight verses of this chapter, we have this account of Mary, the mother of James, as she's uh, related here. Also, that means she was the mother of the Lord Jesus in a human sense. And then another sister named Salome. These three go to the tomb on the morning of his resurrection. And Mm -hmm. these were the seekers. You know, it's interesting. There's no account that Peter came or John or James or any of the brothers. They were probably... uh, in some kind of meeting and having, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, real important discussions as brothers are want to do. Right. And here were these seeking sisters. And they, you know, especially Mary, as you just said, having just been in the reality and the experience of him in crucifixion, now she gets this very firsthand, very intimate experience of him in resurrection. Right. That shows she is a real seeker. Of course, if you wanted to look into it more into John's Gospel, chapter 20, you can really see how much she really sought after the Lord, and the Lord lingered there with her, right. showing uh, that Mary is, is quite an exceptional sister there, wanting the experience of the Lord, not just doctrine. Well, in a short amount of time, the Lord would visit uh, the disciples. They will get a firsthand experience of him in resurrection. Uh, he makes this word, you know, we've talked much about Peter, what he had experienced and how the Lord had kind of brought him on a path for his own sort of crucifixion experience. And the Lord gives this word, go and tell the disciples and Peter. That implies a kind of an intimacy and an right. experiential aspect uh, that the Lord was uh, interested in, not just for these seeking sisters, but eventually for all of the disciples. And that's right. Okay, we want to pick up the message today a little later on in the chapter. We come to verse 19. And this is right when the Lord is about to be taken up into the third heaven and exalted, ascended. And so let's look at verses 19 and 20. So then the Lord Jesus, after speaking to them, was taken up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word by the accompanying signs. All right, here's Witness Lee with our first portion. This book also tells us the ascension. This is too marvelous. He was exalted. Exalted to the uttermost, to the highest. And New Testament tells us that he was made the Lord and Christ. He was also made the head of all things toward the church. And he was also made the head of the church. And he was also, listen, crowned with glory and honor. He came into the throne from the day of his ascension. And he was also given a name that is above all names. I must tell you, 
you can never experience Christ as the Lord, as the Christ, as the head of all, as the head of the church, crowned and enthroned and given a name above all names. You can never experience this until you really are in the resurrection. When you are really in the resurrection, and this means when you are in the reality of the resurrection, that is life-giving spirit. When you are in the life-giving spirit, there in the spirit, you not only realize, you experience that this resurrected Christ is the Lord. And he's God's anointed one. And he's the head of everything to the church. And he's even directly the head of the church. And you, in the reality of the resurrection, you realize that this Christ is crowned with glory and honor. And he has the name above all names. When you are in such a spirit, all these things are not items of doctrine. All these are reality after reality. Bill, let's talk about this matter. We've been talking already about here with these ones, these seekers who got an experience of Christ in resurrection at the tomb. Now we're talking about experiencing him even further in his ascension, in his exaltation. And there's no way for us. We can't go to the tomb and find the resurrected Christ there. He's not there. Yeah, he's not there. So that's not the way for us as believers today to enter into this reality. But there is a way, isn't there? And the key is this matter of the life-giving spirit. Right. Chris, of course, we know that after the Lord was incarnated, he lived a marvelous uh, life of God mingled with man for, you know, 33 and a half years. Then he was crucified to accomplish redemption. But then in his resurrection, he became the life-giving spirit. When he became the life-giving spirit, then, as John chapter 20 tells us, he breathed himself as the spirit into those disciples there in the evening of his resurrection. So he breathed himself in all of the processes that he went through into them. So now, this very incarnated one, this crucified one, this resurrected one, is now experienceable, you might say. These believers now know not only the fact of his incarnation, human living, crucifixion, resurrection, now they can enter into the reality of this crucified one and live this crucified one and live in resurrection. So you can understand it's much more important that we have the experience than merely the fact and the doctrine. The problem is today most of us are satisfied with the mere fact and uh, historical events and doctrines, but we don't enter into the experience. The Lord went through all these processes so that he can enter into us and bring us so that we could live a crucified life, we could live a life in resurrection, and also we can even experience the things of his ascension. Of course, in terms of doctrine, which is critically important and we never can do without it, Mm -hmm. uh, there's the reality that Christ is there exalted. We just read the verse. He's at the right hand of God in the third heavens. He's there perpetually. He's there eternally. He's always been the second of the Godhead. And as such, there is a kind of a distinct existence, person of Christ, distinct from the Spirit. But Mm -hmm. yet, in 1 Corinthians 15, the last Adam, which is Christ, became a life-giving Spirit. And the 
experiential aspect. Uh, we must have him as the spirit uh, to experience him in such a way. Right. Uh, it becomes uh, our only avenue, doesn't it, in terms right. of entering into a kind of the reality of these things. Even Paul, in, in his second epistle to the Corinthians, he said, now the Lord is the Spirit. Yeah. So in other words, he's saying that very Lord Jesus, right, who was incarnated, had a perfect human living, was crucified, resurrected, ascended, this one now, in his processes that he went through, transfigured himself from the form of the flesh into another form, which is the pneumatic form of Christ, the life-giving Spirit. Now, as the Spirit, he can enter into our spirit. We can live according to him. We can live by him. We can walk now according and live according to our mingled spirit, and even the things of his ascension that are mentioned, you know, at the very end of Mark 16 right. can be experienced by us. We think, oh, we, we could never have anything to do with the Lord's ascension. He was enthroned. He was crowned. He was given a name above every name, right. and that's really marvelous. We exalt him, but, you know, what does that have to do with me? I'm here in California on the earth, in struggling in my <laughs> Christian life life, and he's up there in glory. Right. But we have to realize, because he became the life-giving spirit in resurrection, he entered into me, then that experience of resurrection and ascension can be made real to me in my daily life. I can live in resurrection. I can even live in ascension, right, Chris, in my daily life. You know, this Bill, is marvelous. It is marvelous. And I, even looking at these two verses we read a moment ago, 19 and 20, We see the Lord has just ascended, taken up into heaven, sat at the right hand of God, and they went out, preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. Now, that doesn't mean he was working just, you know, at the right hand of God in the third heavens. He was working as the life-giving spirit, even in their preaching and in their ministerial activity, wasn't he? That's right. He's not only working with them, he was working in In them. them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's go on uh, to uh, our second portion. Here's Witness Lee once again. If you don't have these kind of experiences in the all-inclusive spirit, you may think, well, this is just a kind of an imagination. It may be true, but anyhow, it's all there in heavens, nothing to do with my daily experiences. But I tell you, all this has to be in your daily experiences. And how can you have this in your daily experiences by walking according to the Spirit. It's so simple. When you walk according to the Spirit, you are walking in resurrection, and you are walking in His ascension. You believe me. You'll be different. This is why I've been strong to tell people Christian life is not a matter of doctrines. Actually, you don't need doctrines What you need is this, this life-giving spirit, indwelling your spirit, and you just walk according to this spirit. You need more of the spirit. But where could you be in the spirit? In resurrection. In resurrection. Hallelujah. They're saints. We all are now in resurrection because we all have been reborn. We all have been regenerated through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And now we are in the ascension. 
Bill, we have this verse in First Peter that he was referring to there, that our regeneration, that means our rebirth, our being born again, is absolutely uh, inseparable from the reality of his resurrection, isn't it? And this brings us into a realm whereby we can live in the reality of these things. Right. Uh, it's interesting you say in Peter's first epistle, he tells us there that in the Lord's resurrection, we were all regenerated. Yeah. Of course, in time, we were all regenerated, born again, at different points in time. That's according to the human time element. But in the divine reality, we were all regenerated when the Lord was resurrected. Because when the Lord was resurrected, he changed his form, became the life-giving spirit, breathed himself into those disciples there in that closed room. And those disciples there, including Peter, are a representative of all the believers that would receive the Lord Jesus through all the ages and through all the centuries. So it wasn't just those few believers in the house there uh, in Jerusalem that were born again, regenerated. We were all there. You were there. I was there. We were all there, regenerated when the Lord was resurrected. Bill, um, at the end of the chapter, we have this uh, exhortation to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to all the creation. We want to touch this matter, uh, but I'd like to add to it a verse from Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. How can we be silent after we've experienced such a salvation and we can enter into the reality of the experience of a resurrected, ascended, enthroned, glorified Christ? We have to go out and tell, don't we? That's right. All right, here's Witness Lee. Now, what should we do? Go to tell the nations. To tell them about this wonderful land about his all-inclusive death, about his marvelous resurrection. Go to tell them, to everybody, go to speak, go to speak, go to speak. Well, this is the book of the Gospel of Mark. In first chapter, there was only one preacher. In the last chapter, how many? I don't know how many. I must tell you, if you had never preached the gospel, you had to go out to exhaust all the listeners. Go to preach the gospel to all the nations. (laughs) I'd like to tell you, 1925 in April, I remember quite well. That afternoon, I got saved. And I got called. Definitely. I got to know. That was my destiny. Just to preach Jesus. But my understanding by that time was to preach Jesus in my home, you may say, county. Village to village. To make the story short, today I'm preaching to the U.S. people. And through the U.S. to all the continents. Could we? Or would we? Are we willing? Go. Go to tell people about this wonderful Jesus. His all-inclusive death. And his marvelous resurrection. (laughs) 
to praise the gospel, to present the truth, and to minister life. Let's do it. Don't be silent. Don't be silent. Don't forget, thus far, we passed through all the healings. Our ears got healed. Right? Our tongue got healed. And our eyes got healed. What member of our body not healed yet? We got healed. We can jump. We can shout. We can see. And we can speak. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Bill, for those who maybe were not with us through this life study, of course, those references back to the accounts of these various miracles that took place earlier in the Gospel of Mark and how one man who was deaf and dumb, he first cleaned his ears so he could hear, and then he loosed his tongue, which is a word to all of us, I think, that we'll treasure from this life study. And all of these cases, all of these ones who had these various infirmities, they all represent something about our own condition, don't they? And the Lord has brought us through in our full salvation, so now we there's no excuse. We have to go. That's right. We're, we're fully healed now, right? <laughs> our entire being is healed, so now we're ready. So I'm glad here, Chris, that the Mark 16 doesn't end just with ascension. I think we would be satisfied. Well, the Lord ascended. He's crowned. He's glory. He did everything that the Father wanted him to do. We're redeemed. We're regenerated. Now that's okay. But no, now that we're redeemed and regenerated, now we have to cooperate. We have to do something. And the Lord has given us everything. We have his incarnation. We have his human living. We have his crucifixion. We have his resurrection. We have his ascension. We have all of these things that we can minister to others. I know in my background, I was saved when I was about 16 in high school, and I was telling all my uh, high school friends about the Lord Jesus. I also would go to the uh, jails in downtown Gary, Indiana, where I grew up and preached the gospel to the juvenile delinquents. But the gospel I preached was not the gospel referred to here to <laughs> Mark 16. I was just trying to get these people out of hell and, and try to get them saved. But right. the gospel we have revealed in Mark 16 is, you know, much more than that incarnation, you know, his human living, his death, resurrection, ascension. This is the kind of Christ that we have to minister to people. And, you know, years ago, a number of us went to Russia back in 1991. And I never dreamed I'd be in Russia. Just for me to preach the gospel in Gary, Indiana, was I thought that was a big thing. But then, as Mark 16 says, the Lord charged him to preach the gospel to all creation everywhere. Right. And this is what the Lord wants us to minister and preach and present the truths of the person and work of Christ to the whole creation, especially man who's the center of God's creation. Bill, take another 20, 30 seconds and say a little bit more about your experience or the result of this uh, preaching in Russia that took place in the early 90s. Yeah, in the early 90s, of course, Chris, I think we realized that the Soviet Union was breaking up, and the Lord just burdened a number of us to, in fellowship and coordination, to actually move to Moscow for a period of time. And in those early days in Moscow, we presented the gospel in conferences, and uh, we brought in Moscow nearly over 5,000 Russians to Christ. Then we went up to St. Petersburg, which is up north, and we brought more than, that was about 22,000 to the Lord. Wow. But this was the Lord's real move, and it's just a real, I would say, experience of Mark 16. 
this glorified one, exalted one. We just presented this one to the Russians who were formerly atheists. And now they have this wonderful Christ as their experience in their life. And they, in turn, they are ministering and preaching Christ to their fellow Russians right now. Of course, on the earth today, Bill, uh, still in other remote places or places that have previously been uh, difficult to reach with the gospel. I'm thinking of China, India, parts of Africa, Mm -hmm. uh, the remote parts of South America. This kind of thing is happening uh, at a very accelerated pace, isn't it? Right, it really is. Well, Bill, uh, we have a gospel that is uh, uh, not just the simple gospel of having our sins forgiven, and we don't uh, diminish that, but that's just such a the initial portion. We really owe it to the people of the earth to tell them the whole story. Right. Good to have your fellowship as always. And as we now kind of begin uh, our sort of second pass through the Gospel of Mark in this life study, we invite you to come back and join us. I would surely like that. And we hope that you'll get uh, in contact with us as well so that you can get the printed material. The life study volumes for the Gospel of Mark are available if you'd like to find out about that. Uh, call us toll-free. Our number is one eight 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 life study That's a toll-free call. Again, 888-543-3788. And join us for our next program in the Life Study of Mark. For Bill Lawson, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening.